Lost and Rewound, B-Sides, Episode 1. Whenever we talk to people about the show, they're usually pretty interested in our format, even if they don't have any tapes of their own to contribute. The one exception, though, is recording songs from the radio, and as we got older, also making mixtapes. We here at Lost and Rewound are all music geeks to some degree. So, with your submissions, we'll have plenty of material to talk about. And we can't really get away with playing licensed material, or at least we can't afford to run that risk. So instead, in good roundtable fashion, producer Doug will read off the titles of the playlist to us, song by song. Our first submission is anonymous, female, and from New York City. This tape was made in 1999 and incorporates songs from three radio stations, K-Rock, WPLJ, and Z100. Let's get started. First track, Live, Lightning Crashes. I still have this album in my iTunes. I, that was one of the first albums I ever bought, actually. The song was super dramatic. I mean, that 90s, like, going going hard music. I actually saw live, Was I, what grade was I in? I think it was 7th or 8th grade. One of those big summer music festivals they used to do in Atlanta that they don't do anymore. And it was, like, standing in the parking lot of a science museum mm. in May in fucking oppressive heat. But there was live, and it was cool, and I was, like, 14. That album was so masterfully produced and that song is was just like brilliant and the video was just super dramatic. I feel like everything that that band did was dramatic. It was a little over it was that They sort were of, arena rock. They were over the It was top. That sort of, it was sort of that late 90s slightly epic so much feelings but it's rock and roll. Yeah. I feel and, like people in the 90s they felt like they were getting to the pinnacle of like this is the pinnacle of creative juice and so we've got it and then you're like and we look back and you're just like are you retarded? Like, <laughs> I will say, though, I actually went on a binge and started listening to that album again a lot. Um, second semester of freshman year of college. It got put back into heavy rotation. Did, did anybody... Wait, so you heard that album, obviously. Yeah. You had that album, the album before, too. But any of their later stuff, like Secret Samadhi or No, it was whatever. just that one album. I feel like every single one of their songs ends the exact same way. It's like crunchy guitars and then just like... But that's sort of, <laughs> just sort of like yeah but that's sort on. of like feedback fade out with again that's a very part of that 90s slightly epic yeah they just trail on and they don't actually end the song they just like kind of like let their feedback go for every single song they'll end the song i feel like everything in the 90s was like that it was like look how shiny this logo is it'll stay like this <laughs> is the future exactly <laughs> you're like look at how much hair gel i put in my hair yeah. or if you're ed look how shiny my head is <laughs> yeah, that's true ed, ed kowalczyk is that how it's pronounced kowalczyk kowalczyk ed kowalczyk um, next song tony braxton he wasn't man enough yo is this a song about alan oh <laughs> rip it <laughs> Um, I, mean, I remember Tony Braxton. I don't remember. I don't remember this particular song. I just remember her. She had one hell of a voice. She still has one hell of a voice. Yeah. But I don't know. She's now kind of. Back then, she was like a diva. But now she's sort of limited herself to just being on uh, reality TV these days. Oh, is she on reality TV? I think so. It's just like her and her sisters, right? Oh, I don't know. Does she really have blue eyes? Wait, I didn't even know that. I feel like that was always the thing. And I want to say, I don't know if she's mixed or not, but I remember like when I was a kid, it was like, oh, she's like dark skin with blue eyes. And that was like a huge deal. I saw her on the street like two weeks ago or something like that. What? Wait, she she had the blue eyes. She so. live in Manhattan or? I don't know. It was in Times Square. So she, maybe she was going to a show or something. But I definitely saw her and I was like, Tony! Tony! <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers, Californication. So I, I, I used to be a huge Red Hot Chili Peppers fan for years. Um, 
before the Talking Heads became my favorite band in my adult life, uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers were a huge part of my childhood. I will admit they they got soft. They got older. They really were not very good uh, as compared to their older stuff. But Californication was probably the last good album they put out. They had some good, inarguably. Yeah. I and mean, they had some good tracks on Stadium Arcadium, which was that big last epic double album thing they did. Uh, um, the whole Stadium the, Arcadium. As a total, I hate wor- that name. <laughs> as a total work, it was very average. But there were a couple of really good tracks. I digress, though. I think again, sort of going back to what we were talking about with live before. The Chili Peppers were really good at what they did, but it was very indicative of a particular moment in like music history. It's not so much that the Chili Peppers like didn't didn't age well so much as they did the exact same thing. I mean, I feel like when I listen to Californication, like I want to not like that song, but I hear it and it's just catchy. Yeah, See, that song it. is probably my least favorite song. There's that, there's a, there are a lot of good tracks on that album, and I'm really impressed with how well it stands. Um, I haven't listened to it in a while, but I would imagine that if I were to pick it up and put it in this in the stereo, uh, I was about to say CD player. There's a lot of good songs all around the world, parallel universe. I don't know. There's a yeah, they're all song. much better than Californication. Yeah, California. All around the world, like, great, you know? Yeah. You know what's weird? And this yeah. is a little bit off topic, but uh, I don't know if you guys had heard that story about when the Mars Volta were touring with the Chili Peppers. And they would get like booed off stage, opening for the Chili Peppers. And I think like, I heard about this. This is a very common thing that almost every city they'd go to, they would literally like halfway through their set, they would get booed off, and people would just start cheering Chili Peppers, and then the Chili Peppers would come on, and they had to drop them from the tour. That's ridiculous. And then when the Mars Volta toured after that, they would tour like solo, and they would have no opening act because I guess no one was similar enough to them. I don't, I don't really get it. I know that like. With those kind of bands, I feel like there was like the Mars Volta and other bands with like that kind of whiny, high-pitched type singer. I mean, I don't think that Coheed and Cambria is similar to the Mars Volta at all, but they the same, yeah, same vocalist style, style yeah. In that way that like music. you hear it and you either like it or you really despise it. So people like hate the Mars Volta or they like them. Yeah. I don't know. I saw them. I thought they're great. It's a little bit like with the Chili Peppers. Uh, in hindsight, their older stuff is an, uh, all, completely miles beyond their newer stuff in regards to quality, but. Generally speaking, I think overall there's definitely a you love them or you hate them. I think I just saw a, cl- uh, a quote, rather. I saw a quote online, Nick Cave saying, if I am by a stereo and I hate what I'm hearing, it's t- usually the, the it's the chili peppers. <laughs> <laughs> it's something like that. I'm, I, I'm paraphrasing it, but that's, he said something along the lines of The punchline was the chili peppers. Yeah, yeah no. It, when in doubt, the chili peppers is the punchline. Next, next, uh, next, I just want to say one thing um, to tag on to that. Uh, was Anthony Kiedis in Point Break? Is he one of the, like, the surfer dudes that... Um, oh, I don't know. I remember it was a big deal when he cut his hair. That was a thing. He had the long hair. I want to say this was back in, like... You know, blood, sex, sugar, magic, like blood, sugar, sex, magic. Well, I yeah, I got the order wrong, but <laughs> yeah, that album. Before before we finish it up, we'll we'll do a, a quick wiki check along with any other stuff. I want to say he fights. Oh, am I taking notes on what we're yes, looking up? He fights. Notes. I'm pretty sure he fights Swayze. I'm just saying. I don't know. Maybe he does have a sort of a semi acting career, but yeah, this was like '85, so I feel like he definitely could have been at the start of their career. Maybe that might have been when he was strung out on heroin, though. The good dance. Come on. I mean, yes. I don't know. <laughs> Have some sensitivity. Those were hard times. And they're very public. He was very public about the heroin use and the drugs, and that's like what half of Blood Sugar Sex Magic was about. Was yeah. Well, listen to all their stuff before then. You'll, you'll yeah. get it. Before Under the Bridge came out, all they wrote were freaking rap metal songs. Yeah. Um, I saw the behind the music. I heard the story. Yeah. Continue. Nirvana. Lithium. 
again, uh, uh, like in that same vein. Mm-hmm. Although I wasn't really a huge Nirvana fan growing up, which was basically uh, Alien in the 90s. If you had to be a Nirvana fan in the 90s. Yeah, neither was I. Yeah, I Nir- didn't really like them. Nirvana's a band that I sort of discovered more later in high school, and it was more of an appreciation form than an actual love of Nirvana. It was not so much I was a huge Nirvana fan as I finally got why Nirvana was a thing, why Nirvana was important, why... Well, the only reason I didn't like them was the classic reason that anyone doesn't like anything. Other people liked them. You were so that I, I asshole. Didn't, I didn't you were so that asshole. No. Always. This, always. This is going to be a common theme, though, because Jimmy and I are alike in that same way. And, it, and for a different reason, it, it was more just about the fact that there is already so many people who like a band. They like a song. They don't need me to like the band or like the song because everyone else is talking about it. So I could just sort of keep my opinion mum or just have a non-opinion because when something is so popular, you know, who cares? Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, who cares? Me, who cares? Me too. I totally love them as well. Blah, blah. I have nothing to add you to know, the conversation. Like, that's what I feel like it was always the case. You know, some things are really awesome and everybody likes them because they are actually awesome. I mean, that happens. It definitely happens. But, you know, sometimes that stuff... We'll get lost, and then I'll come back to it twenty years mm-hmm. later, and then I then I get that cool thing of rediscovering it when it's not popular anymore, and then then it's cool because they're not t- people aren't talking about mm-hmm. it, and I'm like, you guys ever listened to Nirvana? You ever heard of this band? Like fucking, who's this guy, Kurt Cobain? You're like, I wonder what turned out with that guy. What's he doing now? <laughs> Next song. This is marked interlude, and it's three songs: Slipknot, Wait and Bleed, Vertical Horizon, Everything You Want. And The Cure, Just Like Heaven. What's your favorite song of those three? Three uh, highly unrelated songs. I don't know that I have a favorite of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Vertical Horizon, when that song came out, I was the height of my pubescence and had so many feelings about that song that in hindsight are hilarious. Yeah, I definitely saw them live. I saw them open for Third Eye Blind. Oh, they were the ones who opened up for Third Eye Blind? Oh, yeah. There was another band that I can't remember now. I want Maybe to say. it's on this list somewhere. May, might be. And then The Cure is just awesome. Like, it's The Cure. Now as an yeah. adult, probably, I'm like, oh, yeah, The Cure, that's totally the best song yeah. on that. It's funny because when I went to see Third Eye Blind, that was like, I think we, I mentioned in another episode, that was my first concert. And we won the tickets on WPLJ. You did, is, yeah. Which is kind of funny. The, yeah. the mentioning of Slipknot, I don't think I've ever heard another song from Slipknot other than that song. But I can't say that I ever had any invested interest in that band. <laughs> Why would you yeah, exactly like They were the most gimmicky, hardcore band. I, and that was, yeah, existed. when it was still sort of At that time, edge of like, that whole like new metal Limp Biscuit rappy rock and roll, but then there was actually like real metal, and by that it was like Slipknot and Kitty, which is just we're gonna scream more and ha- like the. Oh, ang- I just like that was so weird. Because it was such a- that was really popular. Yeah, and like People I didn't get actually it. Actually, liked Slipknot. I didn't get it. That was the height of my goth phase, and I did not get. I Slipknot. read more about Slipknot than I listened to their music, and they all came off as just such assholes. What was the point of them wearing the mask? It was a kiss esque gimmick thing. Like yeah, the whole thing was that you never actually we, see their like, face. They were number one, number two. I, I don't want to, you know, I don't need to be you know identified by who I am I'm just you know a number just a dude in the band yeah, yeah. was there like eight guys in it or something like they were huge I just remember there was a lot people of people that yeah Jesus talk yeah. about a tribe what was um was it Guar that band that also used to wear costumes mm-hmm. yes but they were gimmicky in a fun way it, it was intentional like, and yeah. I have a funny story about Guar Guar is from Richmond Virginia they formed in the like 80s whatever it was when they were all VCU students they were VCU students? They went to VCU. <laughs> wow. And so did Lamb of God, by the way. Lamb of God, they all met on fre- freshman oh, hall. Lamb of God, they, they used to do in the shows like the two the two sides of people and they'd charge together and you'd have a big fight in the middle. Wow. <laughs> Lamb of God also or VC- <laughs> met in um, Richmond band met the VCU. Anyways, 
last time I was moving, my senior year of college, looking for apartments, one of the places we went and looked at and almost leased was this weird old house that didn't quite make sense the way it was laid out, but it was cheap. The landlord didn't care that I had a dog. And we were sort of discussing it afterwards, and we said we were going to call him. He told us that when he bought the house, he bought it from some band. Like, this band lived there, and it was all full of mattresses, and they used to practice there, and it was really filthy. Some band called Guar. He didn't know if we'd heard of them. And we also kind of looked at each other, and we weren't quite sold on the house, and that almost pushed it over the edge. It was Incredible. just the, like living in the house where Guar lived when they started. We ended up finding a better apartment that didn't smell funny, but... We, some, we almost took it some for that vi- reason. Some very nuclear family is there right now without any idea who the fuck war is. And it's like, some other group of college students at this point because it's what's in the middle of off-campus college housing, yeah. shitty slumlord kind of neighborhood. Yeah, I feel like that's always a weird thing when people mention like a realtor. It's like, yeah, this is the house where like, you know, Sid and Nancy went crazy. You know, it's like, this is awesome. Like, Real I, estate. I love this room, you know? The thing is, like, he didn't, he didn't mention it as a selling point. Like, it just came up in conversation about how long he had been managing the property or something like that. Like, he had he had really no concept of who Guar was, so he didn't really expect us to know either. Yeah, it was just one of those, it was, like... It was big enough, I guess, for him to mention it. Yeah, or he was just telling us the story. It was just, but it was, he threw it in so casually in conversations. Like, yeah, this band, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of them. Like, this, I went to this concert on Friday, some band called the Rolling Stones. Like, yeah. It's like I smoked a joint the other day with some Mexican guy. I want to say his name was Cheech, something. <laughs> I don't know. It was one of those, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Next song Jean Bon Javi, It's My Life. Remember when that song came out? <laughs> when, like, it took me a minute there, dude. I was like, who is this friend? Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> that song was... Uh, actually, Bad. I remember... No, the reason why I hated that song is because I was a really big fan of Talk Talk, the band from the 80s that came out with a song called Talk Talk off the album called Talk Talk. But they had a song later on in their career. Great, great band. But they had a song called It's My Life. Really amazing song that no doubt did a terrible cover up. Sorry, guys. Really bad cover of that song. But when Bon Jovi came out with his own It's My Life, I was like, "Ah, I already have a song I like called It's My Life. And this song is just so cliche, but it's an anthem. It was a good song. It's a good song in in retrospect. The Bon Jovi It's My Life song? Are we we still talking about this? Yes. (laughs) Wait, we were talking. No? (laughs) I mean, you just said it was a good song, so I thought we'd change topics. Next song. (laughs) Fine. This is also an interlude. Amber, One More Night, and Debbie Deb, When I Hear Music. Okay, I, I, I did hear the songs uh, before we did this for full disclosure. So uh, Amber, One More Night, I think is la-la-la-da-da, da 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 Or maybe not. Maybe it's another song that is. Uh, but let's, let, de- let, let's pretend it's that. But Deb, <laughs> it, it, it's that song enough. you only ever hear at like 1.30 in the morning at some club. You don't know how you but quite ended up there. Debbie Deb, When I Hear Music, that shit was ill. When I hear music, it makes me dance. Oh, yeah, when yeah, I yeah. hear music, take a chance. Something like that. I, that's like totally your jam, dude. Like that. That's, that's like on, that's, that's an Alain that's, that's, that's on some Lisa Lisa shit. It's ill. I love it. Uh, Next song. Man. You may have heard this one. TLC's Waterfalls. Wait, what? what? Huh? Say what? <laughs> the other night, someone. Uh, I want to say someone sang that at a karaoke, and uh, it was awesome. It's I, such. A, it's, that song is always. If performed well, is always great at karaoke. People usually drop the ball on the left eye verse because they forget that there's actually a rap in the middle of it. But and it sucks because yeah. left eye was my favorite member and most people's favorite member of the group. I was and always yet, a chili fan. I can't say that uh, 
I know the other members. T Boss, Chili, and Left Eye. Chili and Left Eye. I definitely only know Left Eye because everyone's always like, yeah, Left Eye, blah, 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 blah. RMP. RMP, Left Eye. Totally. I was in, I think I was still in public school too, though, when she died in Atlanta. Like, that was a. That was like when Aaliyah died. That was a moment. That was yeah. a thing. Like oh, yeah. a moment that I didn't care about. What? <laughs> so I'm sorry. Weird. People are like, oh, yeah. this pop star died. Aaliyah. I'm like, really? Who the fuck is that? And they're like, oh, she sings these songs. You heard of that one? Maybe. I don't know. Am I supposed to care? Same thing. Michael Jackson died. I'm like, oh boy, King of Pop died. What does it have to do with me? Did you put on a new album recently? Is it I just, he hasn't done, done anything. Billy G Part Two. Like I don't know. Damn. Not just not caring. Cold. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I never feel like bad when celebrities die. You don't have to feel bad, but it's always like, damn, you know that. That's it's like a moment. It's like a an end of an era. Like somebody. I mean, they're not going to come out with more marginalized new music. uh, So you have to appreciate the old stuff. I feel maybe I'm just like I'm just a music hill hater. I think I'm just a hater, dude. Because like Rodney Dangerfield died, and I felt it. I was just like, wait, no more one-liners, no more like really like quippy. Old dude being creepy. <laughs> this is, and I did. I definitely I didn't. Can shed you a finally tear. get some respect? Like, yeah, I definitely shed a tear. I'm know? looking forward to future episode, mini episodes of this uh, of the <laughs> of the B sides. I just remember like my favorite line of Barney Dangerfield that I ever heard, and he goes, "Whoa, look at that one." He's like, "Last time I saw a mouth like that, it had a hook in it." <laughs> let's uh, let's check out the next song. Goo Goo Dolls, Broadway. Oh God. I just hate that dude's hair and his butt chin. And anytime I see Goo Goo Dolls, I just want to throttle that guy. Just, <laughs> and the thing is, if you see him now, he's still trying so hard to be as cool as he was in 1998. Yeah, he looks almost exactly he really? the same, right? Yeah. Well, he's still got the same haircut, and he still like has the tank top with the tattoos. Okay, so more Polish uh, lead singers. Uh, Ed Kowalczyk or whatever. Yeah. How is Johnny Reznik? Reznik. Is just Reznik? Okay. Just Reznik. Okay. Even though he's got a Z. And is he related to Trent Reznik? Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor. Same fucking person. And you don't like <laughs> Michael Jackson, really. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it I, all makes sense now. I definitely don't listen to Nine Inch Nails. I don't. My, my, my old roommate used to like them a lot. That album. I think was, if you like, if you spend too much time with somebody who's a big Nine Inch Nails fan, you're just done. You hear about it because they're just like, oh, they're obsessed. Trent. They're obsessed. Uh, and then they're like cutting themselves and like telling you about it. A big thing into power pop when I, I had an investment in power pop in the late nineties. Like there was a whole bunch of those like fastball. I was trying to change the topic back to the song. I am. <laughs> damn it! I think Goo Goo Dolls deserve Goo a little Dolls. bit of a, a shout. Yeah, they it, had some good songs. Was he? The, was I feel like Goo Goo Dolls video? Like all I can remember is him. Like I want to say he was. Like uh, lo- it was like zooming around a room in a computer chair, looking through a telescope. Oh, that was the that was the City of Angels soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why. This I don't. What's, the, what's the song? Iris. Was that the name of the song? Yes. Yeah. You definitely would know, dude. I would. <laughs> Even though I never saw the movie. Neither did I, but that Google song was like everywhere. Is gonna happen. Yeah. All right, next song. Alice DJ, Better Off Alone. Well, this song actually came up recently in a new song. It got remixed, I think, by Dave Guetta, because, of course, Dave Guetta has to remix everything. What, is this? what does this one sound like? Do, do, do. Do, 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 do. Oh yeah, yeah. Another one of those, yeah, like '90s weird dance songs. I know the song you're talking about now. I've got nothing to say about it. Again, it's just yeah. like you, I just feel like that. Like if I did cocaine, that'd be a great song. Right. To do cocaine too. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, spin that disco ball. Like but, right. And I have no. Yeah, I've, like same way. I don't feel like an emotional connection to it. But when it's playing, I'm just kind of like. If I did a lot of drugs, it'd right. be kind of fun. All right, it's that song. It's like yeah. Jock Jam's Light. Go on, what's the next song? Nine Days, Story of a Girl. 
I kid you not, this was the first song I sang at karaoke ever. When was that? Uh, after it was after senior year of high school, at somebody's graduation party. Um, Renat, my friend Renato, who I think you guys have met because she's been up to New York a couple times. I, I've met her. She and I got suckered into it. Our friend Rochelle, it was her graduation, kept like, somebody sing karaoke, somebody sing karaoke with me, somebody sing karaoke with me. And so finally, we said, all right, you pick the song, we will sing. So it was like three 17, I guess we're 18 at that point, old white girls singing the nine day song like we meant it. What does this one sound like? I definitely This agree. is the story of a girl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That song. <laughs> yep. Oh, boy. I hate and this. the video had the bathtub that just kind of overflowed onto everything. Wait, yeah. what was the video? I don't ever think I saw this. In the music video, there's like a bat. There were. It's one of those ones where it's like the cutaway of a building, and there's a one of and one of the floors is this bathtub that's overflowed. It was. It was the '90s. It was a. I, yeah. I, I I kind of hate the title of the song because in parentheses it's absolutely, <laughs> and then it's and it's and then story of a girl. It's not absolutely the story of a girl. It's just absolutely story of a girl. Yeah. Okay. I, the thing is though, <laughs> you really in the ni- had to call it absolutely I think as the, the subtitle. Everything in the '90s though had that parentheses second title. I feel like that was a very common trope in the 90s you don't see that anymore at all uh, actually i just feel like sometimes when these 90s songs come on like i definitely know them and i'm like ashamed i'm like i'm ashamed they're ingrained in your dna at this point they're like there's certain songs that come on and you just catch yourself kind of singing along because you don't even remember why you know the words you just they just come out of you yeah i definitely was like a fake enough skater punk to like he have heard that song next song sister hazel change your mind sort of on the same plane as the other song on some like kind of light rock adult like adult contemporary late nineties yeah yeah next Whitney Houston and Enrique Iglesias could I have this kiss forever could I have this kiss forever I don't think I remember this Enrique duet I remember a lot of epic Enrique but I don't remember the Whitney Houston crossover track yeah I got nothing <laughs> I got nothing. honestly <laughs> every like, time I think of Enrique Iglesias I think of the hero video where it's got Jennifer Love Hewitt in it and he's like crying in the desert and a lot of the R and B ballad duets sort of would be much less any R&B as we've covered in the past. Uh, my disdain in the past. For Not a lot of staying R&B. power. I no. think he, he paved roads in like how you know how deep your V can be. <laughs> he was the original deep V. He did. He was one of the first like, to go for the deep V. I team. feel like when I think about Enrique Iglesias, I just see a lot of chest out. <laughs> like that's all I really get. Fantastic. And a mole on his cheek, right? That's Always like, looking like he's about to cry because he's so overcome with the emotion of whatever he's singing about. Yeah, what a douche. <laughs> Next song. Next. Jessica Simpson, I think I'm in love with you. <laughs> she sampled badly Jack and Diane for that song. Oh, really? I yeah. remember that. I, was, what, is she, what is she even doing now? She's had two babies that don't belong to Tom Brady. Or she was dating Tom Brady at one point, wasn't she? <laughs> she wasn't dating Tom Brady. Or no, it was, it, was a, it was another football She's player. Dating, she was dating Nick Lachey. No, she no was they divorced. Tony Romo. Tony, that's what it was, Tony oh, Romo. Tony After Romo. she got divorced, there was a... Yeah, yeah, Tom Brady was, is, uh, is with Giselle Bunchen. Yeah. yeah. And she, they, she and the football player broke up, and then there was a baby. And she's got her own fashion line. That's my impression. I, I don't know. I by the time she was on Fashion Star on NBC, that this okay. Show, she's a judge. Don't ask me why. I, don't I feel like it, it's weird because I feel like when you guest star on a sitcom, it either means your career is taking off or your career is spiraling down the toilet. You ever <laughs> notice that? And the thing is, too, is that she didn't ever get really famous until the reality show with Nick Lachey. Like by the time she started to really get radio play or whatever the whole teeny bopper sugar-coated thing had already sort of peaked and there was already five other blonde chicks singing sappy teenage love songs like she was not a, she just never caught on she was too late on the trend she didn't have anything and extra was, 
she had a better voice than a lot of them, but Christina Aguilera already had the great voice thing cornered. Like, that was her. Well, Christina Aguilera had the, like, I'm ethnic thing. Brittany had the I'm, like, she was, I'm Middle American cute. Right, and she was the first one. She's the first one. I just don't, I like, even when I think about Jessica Simpson, all I can think of, like, was that the, that was the busty one, right? Right, the busty it's, one yeah. who likes Jesus. Yeah, that's yeah, like all I got out of that. For, yeah. for the record, and not to be too objectif- objectifying, but my best memory of Jessica Simpson is when she was in the, um, the remake, the movie. Du- the Dukes of Hazard remake. She and was the, in the Dukes of Hazard remake, and, and she, she had the legs that I don't even know what the, the, the single for that they're the single for that movie whatever <laughs> that was it was bad. the theme song that was, was terrible her, yeah she did a really crappy remake of these boots were made for walking that was oh, awful and what she watched washed the general lee which is the car from the dukes of hazard in that, daisy dukes yeah. that was half the video was her just washing was, the car i mean was that movie, was that movie really bad with the exception of her legs i didn't yep. see it I, no that, that yeah. you're right it's absolutely correct yeah. next song bb mac back here oh i remember the song <laughs> Tell us, tell us about this song. Uh, they were Australian, right? No, they were British. They were the British boy band. And it was three of them, and one of them had a guitar. And this was like the one song that ever got any radio play in the States. And it was in the height of the boy band, whatever. But I remember they ha- their thing was is they were British. Like... Okay. Never heard of a Edge British man coming to America. Well, no, before. like, okay, 13... <laughs> no, but like 13-year-old girls swoon. Like, that made them extra dreamy or whatever, is that they were... Well, I guess it was sort of foreshadowing, because now here we are in 2013... With British boy bands, all the rage. Uh, American boy bands really can't get lift lift a leg up uh, compared to the British ones, like One Direction and, and the. What is that phrase, dude? Lift a leg up. Is get a like, leg up on. Get a leg up on. <laughs> I was gonna say, is that like we're referencing dogs? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the Jonas Brothers were a thing for a while, and they and Bieber, when he first came out, sort of restarted that whole pop idol thing. But then One Direction is yeah, they just got twice as Did big. Did you guys and hear the, that one- the Jonas Brothers? They're putting out a new album then. <laughs> All right, we're, we're going to the next song. Next song is Matthew Wilder, Break My Stride. Love that song. You've heard that song before, Jimmy. How does it go, dude? Ain't Give nothing me. gonna break my stride. Ain't nothing gonna slow me down. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. No, that's good stuff, dude. Yeah. That's good stuff. I feel like that's one of those songs that I definitely didn't know growing up and I heard like later in life. That's one of those songs that got the Puff Daddy treatment. Uh huh. No. When he was still Puff Daddy? That dude is soft. Next song. <laughs> Raquel, When I'm Gone. Oh, When I'm Gone. Oh, 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 I, I have something to say about this. So this was a cover of a, um, God, what's his name? Albert Hammond Jr. from The Strokes, right? And uh, if, I'm, if I am correct in assuming this, his father is a singer, Albert Hammond Sr., and he has this bunch of songs, but one of his songs got covered in the 90s badly by this, like, you know, I guess maybe some European, as we were talking about no. like, right, with Rednecks uh, a few episodes ago, doing the Cotton Eye Joe, there is this uh, European version of uh, Albert Hammond's song called When I'm Gone. So anybody here listening who can uh, look up the song by Albert Hammond, it's actually a really good song, but it's super, like, like adult contemporary. And this song is just, like, all super housey and just kind of flat. I never understand when that happens. Like a bunch of 90s dance music, I think, yeah, was very... like, oh, this is great. Let me just... Completely change it. Exactly. <laughs> Next song. Savage Garden, Crash and Burn. Oh, Savage I'm Garden. looking at you, Melissa. Yeah, I'm trying to remember this particular song because it was not one of the two. It was... They had that um, the Chicacheracola song and then the... That's because that's what everybody remembers. It's called I Want You, but that's the... Yeah, I know that, that one, man. And then... Um, Truly, whatever. Madly, Deeply. Yeah. 
Fucking Savage Garden. And it's one of those bands where the name just gets you angry the same way. <laughs> like, what's so savage about this garden? Like, what is, it's a fucking garden. They were from Australia. It's not Savage Deal Forest. They're it's Australian. Like, it's obviously was this is someone someone planted some things. Was it Flint, got Flintish fly traps back there? They were Australian, <laughs> and then I remember in college, one of my room, sweetmate, mate, roommates, sweetmates, somebody who lived in my hall, had an older sibling that had actually gotten truly madly deep, deeply tattooed on her forearm. Oh, that's the best. In script. <laughs> that is the best. That's my Savage Garden story. Next, that's like getting a uh, Walmart tattoo that says "Always." <laughs> wow. <laughs> Glad we kept that one. Alphaville, forever young. Oh God. Uh, end of the prom, anyone? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> but what, what year did that song actually come out? In? It came out in the eighties. Yeah. yeah, but you know, then Jay Z gave it his own treatment. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, this song is pretty epic. It's I've like always... Casey and Jojo. That Casey and Jojo song is like reminds me of every oh, middle God. and high school dance. You know, it's weird. It's like I feel like for some reason I have an affinity for that Forever Young <laughs> song in like a strange way. I just it, it just reminds me of childhood. I hear it and I'm just like, how oh, does it remind you of childhood? Duh, duh. Mostly because it was in lots of movies yeah. about childhood. Uh, it was in every prom scene in every 90s yeah. movie. And I want to say they did play it at a prom or two of mine. Wasn't it the song that plays when Charlie is like ch- hanging out uh, that one episode where he goes to a high school prom on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah. And it's just... <laughs> or is that the one where he crashed Dean Dennis's high school reunion? Yeah. And so like he's like there just like sitting down like dejected because like, he doesn't have a date. He's just like sitting there while Alphaville plays. It's just, and again, it's like one of those deals the same way where like, you're like, oh, who's saying that? Who did that? Who, who did Forever Young? And like, someone's like Alphaville and you're like, oh, Big in Japan, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> That's like a Jeopardy little factoid or guess Cash Cab if that Makes show was still on the better. air. Yeah. Next song. Fleetwood Mac, Landslide, Live. Eh. I really like that. Like that song got really popular again for some reason in the late 90s and it was. And then the Dixie Chicks covered it. The Dixie Chick cover was actually pretty good though. Eh. In terms of like covering Fleetwood Mac, it could have been a lot worse. I love me some Fleetwood Mac, but that song, as beautiful lyrically as it is, just bores me to tears musically. Did you ever hear the? I'm not sure if it was Smashing Pumpkins or just Billy Corgan who covered it. Billy Corgan did. I, think. I don't know if it was. Yeah, I don't know if it was Billy Corgan or it was actually officially a Smashing lo- Pumpkins. I, it may have been officially Smashing Pumpkins. I remember, I was I was a big uh, Smashing Pumpkins fan for the most part, more or less a Fairweather fan. They came out with a box set at some point. And I think that was on the box set, their cover of Landslide. But I don't remember it that well. But I do remember liking it a lot better than the Dixie Chicks version. Because it was basically Billy Corgan on an acoustic guitar. Like, that was the whole song. Yeah, it was Which beautiful. highlighted how beautiful and simple it was. There was something about Fleetwood Mac I just could never wrap my head around. Just, What's that? I don't know. know. There's just something about it that, like, when, it would, when I would hear it or I would, like, see them, I would just want to leave the room. And it wasn't like I didn't. It wasn't like it was just so bad. It was just. It was just something about it. Just kind of irked me. I don't know. You know how that happens sometimes. You have a disconnect from music rather than the connection. And when people would play Fleetwood Mac, I'd be like, yeah. And I, it wasn't that I disliked it so much. It just. Yeah. I don't know. There was something. It was just something. Next song, Don Henley, Boys of Summer. It's a pretty, pretty boss song. It's a good yeah, song. I will good. say though, my emotional memory of the song is the Atari's cover of the song that came out a couple years I do remember after that. this after this tape was made. Really, the thing about it is, for some reason, I like all summer songs. Yeah. If a song is about summer, there's just something that's like just great about it. And 
I, I don't think that I feel the same way about summer. Right. <laughs> but when I hear summer music, I'm you just get, like, oh, You get really yeah. excited for summer, and then you're like, wait, yeah. it's July, and it's fucking hot in New York. And Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's similar to the way that people could get excited for like Christmas music, I guess. Yeah, because I hate Christmas music. I hate Christmas music. I hate yeah. holiday music in general. I mean, I'm not into it, but like I'm sure children are. My dad is. Like, as soon, like yeah. the day after Thanksgiving when the light radio station turns into the Christmas music station, that is all he listens to until about January 3rd when yeah. they stop. You know, women wear baking as their main, like... Yeah. Their main hobby, like they get really excited when Christmas music starts playing, like that sort of deal. You guys are fucking scrooges. <laughs> Christmas is also my least favorite holiday, which we can do a whole episode yeah. about. Definitely hate Christmas. We, we're we're getting there. I love Hanukkah music. Ep- episode twelve. We'll 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 work on. We'll it. work on all of our Christmas anger. Next song, Splendor. It's all right. I'm okay. You might, you guys might remember this song. But it sounds familiar, but it's all right. I'm okay. I don't remember that. I remember. Oh. No, I remember that song now. Yeah, they were just sort of like a blip in the radar of the modern rock uh, scene. Yeah. I don't even think they charted very well. Kind of like an SR seventy one. Does anybody else remember? But you know what's funny? Well, no, I do remember it actually very well. But that song was two and a half minutes, and then you never heard from them again. Exactly. That's one of those like little like modern like alternative rock nineties blip on the radar. Here is one thing interesting about Splendor, and it's that um, I went to Lollapalooza in nineteen ninety six, and nineteen ninety six. There was like a, I guess, what is it, like a, a second stage, if you will. And I don't really remember anything about the bands that played on the second stage. But I do remember getting this tape of a bunch of artists, uh, from a bunch of artists, I should say, um, that were playing there. So like little cassette, cassette singles, cassette singles, right? And so one of them, the bands that, you know, a bunch of bands that I, I got these singles of. And then I got this random mix CD just this whole mix CD of like a random assortment of, of bands. And Splendor was on there with this song called, uh, I don't even remember the name of the song at all, but I remember Matthew Sweet was on there, which was random. And then Splendor was on there. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I saw them all over the place with more songs later on. I'm like, well, hey, I guess someone in the A&R was doing okay. But no, but I remember those. I remember like those music festival, They would a lot of times they would just give them away, like the CD that had like one song from everybody that played. Yeah, the festival. I remember those. Those were awesome. I wish more of them were still in existence yeah, somewhere. Do they, do they stop doing that? Is that like a, an old passe thing? Is it just, they just like have an internet CDs download? Now. Yeah, now? internet downloads, or yeah. like they'll give you a card, download the song here. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember they used Follow to give out Twitter. like, and, the, and it wasn't just the individual bands. It was the actual promoter of the event. Like it was and their free like, take home. Like, hey, here's a CD with everybody's shit on it. And they had like a nice, usually like a nice album art or something yeah. that had like to do more with the show than with the bands. Yeah, yeah, it was like whatever the the T-shirt logo was also on the album cover. I definitely had like a half dozen of those laying around. Yeah. Next song, "Sun by Four, Purest of Pain." I think it's a Latin song. It is a Latin song. It's like a, a Spanish. It was a Spanish crossover, Spanish English crossover. Yeah, I know. I don't know nothing about Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next song, Joe. I want to know. Uh, mm. move, next one. I remember that. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Madonna, the power of goodbye. Oh, that was the ray of light phase, Madonna. Oh yeah. That was, she started to go downhill and was no longer cool and edgy and was just weird and middle-aged and trying really hard to stay relevant in a desperate sort of way. She was? She still is, okay? <laughs> Let's be fair. I want to say. In my best They voice. should start like a, again, like a villain team of all gap-toothed people. Listen to me, like, Madonna. <laughs> Billy Eichner would be so pissed at you right now. Get Madonna. Get I, Michael a, Strahan. Madonna's a great pop icon. She was interesting. She did a lot. But like after Ray of Light from there, it just, 
she couldn't figure out how to be controversial and interesting anymore. And so it just, instead of sort of just fading into the background and coming out every now and then with something cool and random, she kept trying to stay relevant and envelope pushing, which just then very quickly turned into being desperate. I mean, is what was what was the whole deal with the Kabbalah? Is that like is that Judaism? I don't know. It's like Jewish yeah, mysticism. It, 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 it's yeah, Jewish mysticism. I mean, mysticism. Does that mean that she was like Jewish Gandalf? Like, she was I'm like Jewish <laughs> light. It's kind of like how... <laughs> next song, Toadies, Possum Kingdom. I like how that they saved Toadies for last. Uh, towards the at least towards the end of the, the tape. Yeah, this has sort of been a random collection of songs too. I, feel, I don't know if there's any thought put into the order. Nope, definitely not. It's definitely a song to cry more to. Yeah. Well, when that song came out, I really had no concept of them because it, that song had a kind of an indie sensibility that has stood the test of time, but really just, I think, at that time, was just sort of this random single that had no credence because it just sort of stood out, very much so, amongst all the fodder that was on the radio. But, I mean, yeah. they didn't really come out with much. No, and they definitely, they, I think they're actually still touring. It's definitely, Are they? Or they were when I was in a high school, which is longer ago than I'm willing to admit now. Um, or that's one of those things I think about high school and it feels like it should have been like two years ago. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, I know what you mean. High school, yeah. I know, it was, the other day I was just like, yeah, fucking 2000. That was the other day. And I'm like, oh, that was 13 <laughs> years ago. That's a long time. The point is, is Toadies kept touring throughout the 90s and well, at least into the early 2000s. Even though they only ever had one or two big radio songs, the machine kept going. Next song. Three Doors Down. Kryptonite. A song that we still hear all too often because of the world, the wonderful creation of karaoke. I never really got into it. I, I didn't like it either, but every now and then drunk bros decide it's time to sing that song at 2 o'clock in the morning. Bro, bro, bro your boat. Uh, that's the thing about it that's just so weird is that it's like people like bro dudes just love it yeah. oh yeah you know how many times I get drunk and I feel like Superman right. and I just gotta hold back so I don't you know kill people with all my strength like that is a real thing people relate but, to but to be fair it's a much better song to have a, an affinity for than like say a stained song or, that's true or, or uh, any of the uh, yeah. shit that you three doors down I mean it's like that I feel like it's like that new rock yeah like I don't know of that stuff of that moment it's some of the yeah you're right that song is like not horrible but yeah. Nickelback has a lot to thank three doors down for Nickelback <laughs> is one of those bands while we're gonna rip on Nickelback for a minute there's no way they've sold as many albums as they had without everybody and your mom buying one but you will never meet anybody who admits to being a Nickelback fan uh, my friend's mom loves them <laughs> Speaking of moms and getting that album, my friend's mom is like, Nickelback is so good. Like every time he's in the car, it's just like popping that terrible shit on. Speaking of really bad bands, Dashboard Confessional still like doing stuff? Melissa, again, I turn to you. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think. I want to say they did a song for like Spider-Man They did. They did a like song that. for Spider-Man 2 and it's actually one of their better songs. And my roommate was listening Spider-Man to it the other 2, day. Great movie. I'm sure the song, not good. I don't remember it too well. Vindicated. Vindicated, yes. Bam, wow, I can't believe it. Funny yeah. story about Vindicated. Doug and I went to the same college. We did radio together uh, at the college radio station. There was a uh, there was a lot of love for that song when it came out. Uh, the program director, music director, basically shook hands and said, yes, we are going to play Dashboard Confessionals Vindicated in heavy play, heavy rotation. And uh, I think I just had enough with Dashboard Confessional just being mentioned, and that song just got to me so quickly that I had to take matters into my own hands. So I took a tissue box. I took a photo of somebody crying. I pasted it on the tissue box, 
and then I call and then I wrote on the side the vindicated tissue box and put it in the studio and it actually stood there for quite a long time and everybody in the everybody at the radio station really loved it <laughs> and they, and that that's and like we made sure that there was always tissues in there because whenever anybody needed to cry be it during dashboard confessional or not they had the vindicated oh, tissue box I mean, there at their side that song just like it's just that fat faux enthusiasm in that song he's just like screaming about the thing is, I had I had that many feelings when that song came out. It had all of the feelings. And it okay, was, so you had all those feelings. I had all of the. I mean, I poking fun somewhat at teenage me, but I had all of the feelings, <laughs> and that song ex, expressed all should. of them so well. I also had full disclosure. Oh, I also for full disclosure listened to a lot of Bright Eyes too. I also went through a Bright Eyes phase. Right but that's the same a little different. A little no, yeah. I mean, same thing. I, it's I mean, a guy with a guitar talking about his girlfriend leaving. Like there. There's you, a couple that's, of so, that's all of music. No, but in a very sort of whiny kind of there's a each of them have a few handful standout songs, but the breadth of the catalog does not merit the adoration that they sometimes receive. Sure. Is that all the songs we have? Or is there one more, one more? Pink Floyd Run Like Hell. That's the outro. Yeah, not the full song. That's so strange that that's on there as well. Yeah, no. You, you want to hear an interesting story about Run Like Hell? Yeah. Uh what in uh, in the Gulf War when we were like taking on Saddam's like re- regime, mm-hmm. um, they had these things where they would, um, they're out in the desert and Saddam's soldiers were out in these trenches and they had these like military grade bulldozers. And what they would do is they would, um, b- before they started to like, I guess to march on Saddam's troops, they had these military grade speakers where they played Run Like Hell over the desert to Saddam's troops incredibly loud to the point that it would be like deafening. And they played again, Floyd, and then they buried them alive to Floyd with these military-grade dozers. I think I actually remember seeing that somewhere, reading it yeah, on the internet, it hearing that crazy, story. This crazy thing, how I don't, I mean, I don't know, like which you know, general was like, yeah, let's like, let's bury Saddam's soldiers alive to Pink Floyd. <laughs> and just like when I heard that, I was like, all right. That makes me like Floyd, I guess, a little bit more. <laughs> people really respecting it. Really respecting it. Going down in American history is the thing that people were tormented to before they died. <laughs> yeah. Before before we get to the uh, conclusion, do we have any uh, fact-checking we need to uh, regale? Yes. Tony Braxton's eyes are brown. I don't know where, brown. I don't know where you got blue from, according maybe, to uh, Maybe uh, she's, she's fucking up. Are you, are you confusing your mid-'90s, um, I don't know, soul R&B Shantas. You know, I might be. I, I want to say that there's another another person that's probably like looks exactly the same that I'm just thinking of. Yeah. If it's not Tony Braxton, she, she wasn't unique enough. Who was the other one that was uh, in the nineties? Oh, um, Vanessa. Vanessa Williams. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. See, she. I think she did have. She blue eyes. Yeah. See, yeah. I knew it. I'm just a racist. <laughs> just a racist. Just a racist. <laughs> just a racist. Good job. Uh, I, you didn't hear me say anything. You're right. <laughs> Next. What's, uh, uh, or no, sorry. Yeah, are there more facts? Or? Yes. Tony Braxton has brown eyes. Anthony Kiedis was, in fact, in Point Break. Yes. That's awesome. So now after hearing all these songs, what is the, what's the lesson that we've learned? What's the lesson? That R&B, uh, p- power pop, and uh, random sprinklings of uh, hard rock, it seems. I want to say the 90s is one of the first decades where they tried to blend genre and get people to branch out into music they didn't like. 
and it was somewhat and that's how we got limp biscuit in a horrible way you know mm-hmm. like i mean it, it did work to a degree i want to say that people did like leave their comfort zone as far as music went um but they left it for like uh not necessarily greener pastures i want to say too that the 90s as compared to like the 80s or even the early 2000s, there are lots of very distinct musical styles. Like when you think about 90s music, you don't think of just one. When you think 80s music, you think of one, maybe two things. 90s music, we've got the weird adult contemporary alternative and the hip hop and the weird dance pop that somehow still gets played a lot, even though nobody knows the name of that goddamn song. Like there's lots of distinct sort of genres, subgenres. Yeah. Yeah, kind of musical dissolution. Hey, listener. If you want to submit your own radio playlist tape, you know where to do. <laughs> Email us a playlist. <laughs> you know where to do. You just do. You know where to make, do. make sure you, you send know. the lip to this place. <laughs> hey, listener. If you want to... I got it. I got it. Hey out there, listeners. If you guys would like, you can send us your own playlists. You don't even have to say who you are. You can send them in anonymously, and we will riff on them here at Lost and Rewound. You can contact us on the web, or you can send out the conch call, and we will hear. <laughs> Anywhere on the internet, Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, it's all Lost and Rewound. 